welcome to a new episode after months of us being away. We came back with some new members. Bronte? Bronte? Bronte. Hello. Bronte. Oh god, I'm gonna learn it some way. <laughs> One way or another, if it wants. <laughs> but I'm used to it. At least you're not calling me Bronwyn. But yeah, I'm a. This is our new guest member. <laughs> yeah, I'm a big motorsport fan. I well, I used to watch Formula One when I was little, but like I was aware of it, but I didn't watch it. And I started up again in 2018, and I very quickly got properly, properly addicted. I've watched like all Formula One races back to uh, halfway through 2003 at this point. Um, I watch Formula 2, Formula 3 when I have time, W Series, all Formula E. I'm addicted to Formula E and I'm getting addicted to IndyCar as well. Oh, and MotoGP. Yeah, I'm kind of just You're all over the grid. too deep in at this point. Yeah. yeah. Like you sunk down the hole. It just dragged you down like, we're going in. <laughs> yeah, it's just I can't stop watching more. Like, just... <laughs> You want to catch I waste too much time on motorsport. Like at this time, yeah, it's like a Pokemon. Like every time we catch one driver, and then we have the whole grid. Like it's it's weird, but it happens. But we're back. The season is on its way. We still have twenty-two more races to go. How excited are we? Twenty-three races to twenty-twenty-three. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Oh. I have to be honest, I wasn't as excited for this year as previous years because I I'm really missing Vettel, my beloved, and Same. Ricardo. Like they I think they really add so much to the series that you don't have with everyone else. I mean I know I, it's an just, unpopular You don't one. have those big personalities. I miss Latifi. Yes, Albon. I miss Latifi. Yeah, he was a nice guy. I miss him. But I think it's as well like the dynamic races yes. like Vettel had a very unique start and Ricardo with his overtakes yes so I just miss them as personalities and as drivers yeah. but we still have one Alonso the oldest on is he the oldest on grid now yeah he is and he's also yeah like the younger kids in the F3 and he's all he was there both of the podiums like he's now yeah he that with his phone up in the air like Look at my kids going on there. I was like, you yeah. would not think. You're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> Who would have thought Alonso would have done that? Yeah, I, he it's... seems really happy about like the, the upcoming Spanish talent. Yes. Yes, and he's taking over Seppi's place. Before we know it, he adopts the whole grid. Yeah. Except for the ones he doesn't like, but that's another story. <laughs> That's another story because this weekend we had Bahrain, 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 Bahrain. I don't even like. And it was a race that suddenly happened. Yeah, yeah, it happened. It that. But there wasn't much racing. Yeah, which race? It it, it was a Max Verstappen um, world class again. As a Dutch person, again, sounds like. But yeah. I feel like this is going to be a combination of 2013 and 2016, yes. where like the team went basically every race apart from the ones that they 
stuff up for some reason. And then obviously 2013 domination. I'm not sure there's the right ingredients for a spectacular season, but I think it'll still be good. Yeah, true. Like, like I've been I've been saying this on, on Twitter too. Like, I don't like it when people get a two in a row championship, even though he's out there doing the Dutchies proud. I'm like, I want another one. <laughs> I don't need another Max Verstappen. You are the world champion. I've had enough. <laughs> I had the same with Lewis. Yeah. Like, respect for the seventh time. But I've had enough after five. Maybe even after six. Yeah, these past two seasons had very, like, Alonso vibes. Like, the first season, yes. they had this, like, epic battle. Um, So, 2005 with him and... Schumacher, I think, and Kimi was there as well. Yes. Um, when he didn't, when the McLaren wasn't blowing up, and 2006 was kind of the yep. dominance of last year. So yep. you really need a like how 2007 was so amazing. You need a race, a season like that this year, and I don't think we're going to get it. No, we're not going to get it. I'm going to put spoiler alert out there. It's going to be, or Max is going to win everything this year. Because the Red Bull is flying, I won't lie about it. It's fast. Um, or it's gonna be he has the Bahrain curse and Charles wins, which I'm definitely hoping for. But <laughs> like the Bahrain curse, I is... feel bad. Yeah, neither of us are Verstappen fans, so it's kind of a bit of a disservice because it was he did do like a great race, but. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Like, I support Max, mostly because he's Dutch. Duh. But I want to see another one with that number one in the car. Alex Albon, world domination, that's it. We're done here. <laughs> that would be a stunt if that happens. Lance was back. But yeah. what the fuck was going on? Question. It was such a mysterious injury. It was like Silverstone 2020 when he had yes. this mysterious illness that oh, yeah. led to the first Hulkenbach. Yes! It was just, I think, his advantage of having his dad literally owning the team yes. means that they, he could just like not sure. tell any details, which I respect, honestly. Yes. Like, it's nice um, being able to have some element of privacy, but it was so mysterious. Yes. Like, but I saw someone on Reddit from like the first second he walked in the paddock, looked at his plaster, was like, "Yes, that's a scaphoid fracture." Impressive. How, how do they know? Like, I think the position and with that is really interesting. So the scaphoid, if you break it, it has a really high chance of not healing properly. So oh. often they have to go in, make a small incision, and put a pin in to replace it. But because they had, they were like time sensitive, they just straight away put the pin in, and that was why he was able to drive so quickly because it ah. en- ends up only being like a couple of stitches. Now it makes sense because I was like, it's only like that small, and I was like laughing at first and- because I was like, why in the world? <laughs> but now I get it. <laughs> it's funny the exception he got. He was allowed to wear. Um, flip flops in the paddock. Yeah. Going around with his 
Flies and socks. <laughs> Very chic. <laughs> yeah, it looked a 10 out of 10. Would recommend anyone. Lando, next up. <laughs> like, but it was so mysterious, and I get it, but like, we're all we're sitting there like, how bad is it? Is it out of the season? Is he just like Robin, Freins, of course? What's gonna happen yeah, next? Yeah, that's that went through my mind, yeah, that it was such a bad injury that it was off quite a few races and oh yes. my cat's walking on my laptop <laughs> yeah. um i have my notes open on an, a side note and i can just see q q q q q q <laughs> it's her yeah favorite. she's here so she's all powering that's her that's fun but yeah but to drive with that type of an injury because from what i've heard is that lance really said he was in pain after he bumped cars with Alonso. Is it then still oh, safe? Yeah. From what I've heard, he it was, was a really that. odd thing. Yeah. Yeah, because Paul DeResta was going on about how MotoGP riders drive or ride injured all the time. Yeah. But like, I don't think you should be encouraging it because no. if you're encouraging it, then the younger drivers that are coming up in the series will do the same thing. Exactly. Like um, Boshon last year and Chembo Abassi was yep. trying it in 2021 maybe he was driving with a like with quite severe back injury i think it was yeah and i just don't think it's right to encourage it because no. these people have their whole lives in front of them and if something goes wrong like obviously they're medically cleared but yes in the odd chance that something goes wrong yeah you never know that's the thing that's that's the dangerous thing about this one like of course, I get that Lance wanted to get back to his car ASAP, but um, if he just missed out this one and came back for Saudi Arabia, then he would have had a bit of more rest in it, because yeah. the way he got out of that car on Friday, and I know that he got out good on Sunday, but still... If something happens... It was nerve-wracking to see. If something... Like, on the same track, like, yeah. Rojon had his accident. He was having yeah. to be lifted out of the car. But imagine if a crash like Rojon once happened, and Lance couldn't get out. Like, I, I get... I mean... Yeah. Like, there's... Fingers crossed it won't. Of course. Nothing will ha like that will happen in the future, but... Of course, it's much safer, and it's much better than 2020. One twenty twenty, like twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty twenty. Like there's a difference now than then, but still, it's nerve wracking <laughs> every time. Like everybody's like, oh, Bahrain is not um as exciting as any other track, and then I'm like, well, for you it is, but for me. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, obviously, Grosjean start there thriving his yes. pole in IndyCar, but and then what happened? But we'll get onto that later. Yes. And then maybe to talk about the rumors about AlphaTauri. Yes. Yeah, those rumors were a thing, but AlphaTauri also yeah, it's a really away again. Yeah, but it's I weird. don't think we can really trust that. Because if the rumours have come about and they're valid enough for them to deny them, then I yes. feel like there's something behind it. Because we had yeah. that in 
last year. Oh, I can't remember Daniel. what teams, but yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Daniel said, he wouldn't leave the team, and then suddenly Daniel left the team. So it, it's kind of like that. But and I mean, it makes sense because yeah. if I mean Dietrich Mateschitz, I'm not sure how much control he had in in keeping the AlphaTauri team, but he must have had a big role in it because he was a lover of racing. That's kind of why he invested in yeah. racing teams to start with. Let, not let alone two of them. Like that's a huge commitment. And if yeah. he's no longer, well, I mean, he's obviously no longer playing a role. Um, but if the people that have succeeded him aren't as invested, then maybe they'll consider cutting the lower team off loose, especially because they're not doing very well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I've seen mentions of any their owner being High Tech GP, who do loads of feeder series yeah. stuff. Um. Andretti, because obviously if that's free entry, they wouldn't have to pay that extortionate entry fee that exactly. they say they have to. Or the owner of the Mumbai Falcons, another team, I can't remember his name, but it's, it's an exciting prospect because yeah. while it would be sad to see AlphaTauri be sold, it would be cool to see a new player. Yes, I agree. I totally agree with that one. Like, it's nice to see everybody back on track, but sometimes I'm like, I wish there was a new team. Like, yeah, and it doesn't seem like the. It's quite small, but it's cute and adorable. And I want to mention it. It's Laura Mortensen. She's taking away. Like, I'm not okay with Haas and how they dropped Mick, but Laura is just making all the fans go, ah. Even if they want don't want to go, yeah. <laughs> like it's just it's cute. really nice. She's so cute. <laughs> Can she be like their Effie race? The the thing I found funniest about it is that they just kind of plonked her on the work surface in the garage in yeah. one of the house videos. Yeah. So, but she's not like it, they're just kind of letting her roam free. But it's it's very cute. Yeah, it's, it's nice cute. seeing um seeing like racing weekends not get in between families like it ultimately kind of did for Vettel that led yeah. to his retirement. Yeah. Yeah, I have the feeling that we're getting better with that and that kids can be at paddock more. Um like Laura, it just... I think she was there with quite a few races that she was there. But she was there for a couple. Yeah. I think. And Penelope is also there sometimes. So yeah, the the old Kriat PK Verstappen <laughs> yeah, love the, child, the, the triangle. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's the same triangle. Like um, uh, the Fies, his sister was on paddock, but his sister dated Max and George. So yeah. wasn't there like a whole saga with a hoodie over that or something? Yes! I can't remember. That was a weird time. <laughs> It was so much. I I am not a fan of the whole wag drama. Like, Same. I'm happy when they're happy, but I just ignore them. Yeah, I mostly did ignore them because there was this weekend. We also had the the Charlotte drama again. Like Charlotte posted something with a Red Bull in it, and everybody was like, "Oh, she switched teams," and then we're like, "My dude." <laughs> She didn't. Oh, that's just 
fuck is just mean? Yeah, she needed to clarify herself. It's that bad. And then I'm like, guys, knock it. Like, it's worse. And then could talk about Saturday yes. and qualifying with Leclerc and his yeah. like, quite bizarre choice not to do a second run. Yeah. But I think I honestly respect it. There's a, a really interesting, this is related, I promise, kind of, sort of. There was a really interesting interview with Will Power, who won the championship last year in IndyCar. Yeah. And he was talking about, of course, he tried to get the wins when he could and the poles where he could and the podiums where he could. But the reason why he won was because when he could only get a sixth place, he didn't try to push for fifth and it all goes sour. He accepted yeah. the lower places to try and build up the championship and it worked because he won. And I wonder whether Charles is taking that route because last year, like incidents like France, he put in so much strength. Oh, for goodness sake, Polly. She's starting the laptop again. <laughs> um, he's trying to get, he's trying to take what he can get and not try and ruin like the later points in the race and the race in itself as if he had done the second run and had less tyres. He's just trying to do his best. Yes. Obviously that didn't work because of the car, but I think it works. But he, he's just trying to take what he can get rather than push them too yes. much and end up off worse. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Because Charles I, I think it shows maturity. Yeah. Because Charles could have done another lap. Like, he still had three minutes. But I also get yeah. why he didn't do it. Like, he could have tried and pushed it. But if he pushed it, how far... Uh, would it take him and would it be good for the car it would be because the power unit change of, was it power unit who would need it to be changed on sunday i believe so so i yeah. think it was more about the tires i mean i think they did have a power unit problem actually yeah because they, they had to change it before the race yeah so the battery and some other component yeah so that that's a thing where I'm like, hmm, concerning, but, I mean, Max retired in the first two races, <laughs> from P1, so, I'm saying... There's, there's, not, there's not a lot of hope yet, we can no. deceive ourselves for a while and say Charles is in for the championship. Yes, we can say I don't think that, last very but long. give it two races and we will be back at the start. And then we will say that 2024 is the year that Charles will be a champion. Yeah, it's it's how... Totally. 2024. How, 2024, yes, most definitely. I'm scared that also won't I happen. just hope he isn't going to end up being like a Sterling Moss, Felipe Massa. <laughs> yeah, um, no, please no. Uh, Ruben Tarragello type character. Oh, please no, then, then my heart's just gonna burst. But hey, we do have some... It hope. would just be so sad, because he's yes. such a... Sorry, carry on. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, I don't even know. <laughs> it's going well. But He's just such a like exciting guy to watch race, and yes. if he doesn't do it, then it will be so sad. Yes. And it's whether he would ever leave Ferrari to get a championship. That's what I'm fascinated over. Yeah. If he wins the championship, you know it's going to be for Bianchi. And and then we will all cry. <laughs> Probably. Probably that's going to happen. Yeah. 
but hey, there is some hope for Williams now. And as a Williams girl, that makes my heart really happy. Because we went from no hope to a little hope to no hope to a little hope to George Russell. To <laughs> hope. Then fuck. <laughs> no hope. It's a roller coaster being being a fan. It's, it's something else. It's something else, but Williams is doing great. But I feel like... You feel like... Everyone needs to read Alex Albon's The Players' Tribune article that he yes. that was released yes. last week. Most he, he said amazing stuff about how happy he is. Like, in his first race, he got into Q2. Yeah. His first race, Williams, getting into Q2. And he just felt so... Like optimistic and proud, and he feels part of something big, and I think that's a really nice thing to see. That he's not just driving for a team because the only seat he can get, he's driving for them because he's passionate about them. Yeah, and let's be honest. Even if, if he doesn't let that known in the major duties. <laughs> no, of course not. But let's be honest. Um, there are some toxic toxic teams out there on grid. I'm not saying names, but if you let's just say that Williams needs to give me more hope this season especially around Baku because that's my birthday weekend and I need to have them in the points then <laughs> otherwise I'm going to cry on my birthday <laughs> I, they can do it. I have a sprint race in Baku on my birthday oh no I don't know how to say it. <laughs> That's always nice. But yeah. And then there was an interesting quote from Mercedes this weekend. For all from Toto Wolf from Saturday. Tell me. He was talking about just completely giving up on their concept that they that they decided to stick with like towards the end of last year. And they've stuck with it and nothing has come of it. They're yeah. looking at having to go back and just completely scrap this season. Oh, and and just I mean, because Red Bull are running off with it, they're saying doesn't look like there's much hope. Let's just give up on this year, kind of like Haas did in twenty twenty one. But that's one thing for Haas, but it's another thing for Mercedes who are eight time constructors champions. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, that's that's just a thing where I'm like, how, how are they gonna give up? Like, are they just gonna say, okay, that's it for this year, bye. We will just wing it and see where we are because on Sunday, when George asked if Lewis had more pace, and then they said that he was struggling, I was like, how in the world can an eight-time constructor still struggle this hard? It's really depressing that in the limited time between 2021, where they're constructors championships, and now they're just how how far they've come. Not in a positive way, but in a negative way. Yeah, exactly. It's so weird. Like I'm not used. To and it. then they've got so many smart people. Yeah, it's odd something yeah. seriously gone wrong yeah there, there most definitely must have been i'm just seeing error. if i can find the exact quote 
from Cozy, which <laughs> I forgot to get before. Do you also heard the quote, uh, Perez made after the podium? Perez no. said that they weren't with two Red Bulls on the podium, but with three. Because Austin Martin has a lot of Red Bull people. And oh, yeah. And they, they think pinched them. there's another Red Bull. It's like the pink Mercedes all over again. <laughs> but no. I mean, there was the green Red Bull fiasco last year where yes. they brought all of the green Red Bulls on the pit wall. That was a, yeah, now it's a funny worse. instance. Now it's a full fucking car. Like, I'm happy for Fernando. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm glad to see him on the podium. But, hell. But yeah, it's the it's the same shit. So it's odd how how Alonso's speed that well, was obviously there in practice. I mean, there's obviously it's just practice, but he yes. was second, first, first in practice sessions, and yeah. then ended up fifth. Was it in qualifying? It was a bit of yeah. a step down. Yeah. But then obviously they they've got up. better race pace than the yeah. Mercedes and, and improved. Alonso asking if he was doing great, if there could have been something else, and he didn't touch the curbs at one point, and then set it to um, pit wall, and if and then asking if he could do something more to get more speed. Then I'm like, this is what Aston needed. Aston Martin needed someone who told them what to do in the most Nicky Lauda way they could have, in the form of Alonso. Like, yeah, I think maybe they needed that lack of collaborative spirit. Like, I'm the driver, I'm going to tell you yes. what to do. Not that Alonso isn't collaborative, but I think maybe Seb was a bit kind of trying to work with yeah. people rather than Seb was rather more laid back. Like, I, he laid back a bit. He, he gave them the feedback he saw, and that's it. And Alonso... No, I think he was more than that. Yeah, yeah. I think because because I can't see Seb really giving up on a on the engineering. That's like no. his favorite part of the sport. I mean, maybe he had less time for yeah. it, but he never gave up. But his no, and his beloved notebooks that yeah. he says that he's going to keep forever in his drawer. And oh, the notebooks. Um, but, yeah, but he when, said I remember in his Beyond the Beyond the Grid podcast. Yeah. That he was going to maybe one day dig them out on his children. Like, look at the numbers. Look at how how good I am. <laughs> yes. How good I was. Um, yeah, and Nick and like I know I can't uh, like Nick Lauda and Alonso are two different type of peoples, but they are the same as in if the cars a shit show, they will say it. Both of them. Like in that way, yeah. they look like each other. Like the rest, not of course. Um, but yeah, but it's exciting. Also, what did you think about the fact that Aston Martin never told them that it was Stroll turning into Alonso? I know. I was like, why? I'm pretty sure they've got a handle on Alonso about Stroll for yes. basically the only reason that he's the boss's son. I think there's a lot of respect there because like they're both racing drivers. Yes. I think he's a fan of Stroll. But if he wasn't the boss's son, 
I think he would be absolutely fuming. Um, yes. Just the fact that they let him silently fester, I think, try and think who it was. Oh, yeah. it, was a, it was great. Yeah, we're still looking into it. No, you know who it is, but you just don't want to see it. <laughs> like, I found it funny. Like, I know you don't like me to find it funny, but I thought it was funny. It was funny. <laughs> like, the way how they just didn't want to say it because they don't want the fight in between the teams just yet. I mean, they've got to tell him at some point, but... We saw it in the um, driver's room. Like, I saw him reacting. Yeah, I imagine they have their reasons. Yeah, I think they will, would have definitely talked about it in the debriefing. Like, why did you hit me? <laughs> and then the penalties from, from Ocon. Like, they just kept coming at one point. It was just the fact they kept getting penalties for not doing the penalties correctly. Like, he had... Yeah. The five second for starting wrong, then the ten second for serving the five second wrong, and then the five second for speeding in the pit lane while serving the yeah. original five second. Yeah, it was. I was. They really just threw the rule book at him. <laughs> yeah, it was the speed, uh, speed, uh, like too much speed. They should have got a fine for that, like throwing the note. Throwing the rule book with more than 500 kilometers uh, an hour, thousand euros. <laughs> but that's not that. It bad. reminded me of Sochi 20. Is it Sochi 2020? Um, where Hamilton got two yes. 10 second penalties yes. for starting, for doing the practice starts in the wrong place. Yes, that was. That uh, was a really weird one. That was Russia, I believe. Yeah. That was a weird one, but it's just the way that they, like, I find it very satisfying when they just, like, give out loads of penalties for, yes. I mean, it's heartbreaking, but it's also quite it's funny. It's painful, um, but it will never be as painful as if seeing Lando going into the pits for five laps. Like, no, that was, that was I mean, just... I'm trying not to wish harm on McLaren for their disservice to Danny Rick. But that was still heartbreaking. Just yeah, you know he was doing his best, but yeah. it just and then Piastri, like that one hurt my heart. Actually, like I think it's hard when it's your first race that everyone wants first a first race, race to remember. And he didn't get his first race. He got a few laps. That's just fucked up. And I was angry at McLaren. But I won't lie. Yeah, I was angry. But even before that, I would say he wasn't having the first race that you would expect yeah. from Oscar Piastri. Yeah. Because the two the two more obvious rookies in Piastri and Sargent, obviously De Vries has his yeah. his Formula One World Championship that all the commentators failed to mention. Yeah. But with um Piastri and Sargent, like Sargent like you can see that he's obviously talented, but you yes. don't get as excited I think about him as you do about the likes of Piastri, Leclerc, Russell when they were coming through and but Piastri like he won the three championships in three years it was yes. incredible and then he just he yeah it was a bit lackluster for his first race yeah but it's also not his fault that McLaren has a shit car right now like we all know no. it's, it's the first race of the season and we can just 
throw a car away. But I would throw this car away and start over. I won't lie. McLaren, if you hear this, just start over with a new car because this is bullshit. <laughs> but yeah. And fix your mirrors. Yeah, fix the mirrors. Yeah, let's talk about that one. <laughs> like those mirrors are just like They represent the team as a whole. It's not fully <laughs> confident. Yes. Um, oh, I one of my a great moment of the race was Joe Granu taking advantage of um, his free space and his lack of points by pitting yeah. and taking the fastest lap point away from Alpine. Yeah. Which I think is pretty revealing because it shows that they think they could be in the in a battle with Alpine for the championship. Yeah. Like I don't know. We're who McLaren is battling yet, I think has, at this point, but... I think so too. It's weird to say, because last year, and this hurts as, as someone who supports McLaren, like, one time it's all fine, and McLaren is doing good, and then another year, you just get a heartbreak. It's the Carlos Lando pairing in 2019. Yes. That brought so many people to McLaren, and they like, fell from McLaren head over heels. Like they had these, like these really talented pair. They got like that me. like amazing podium at the end yeah. in Brazil, and and, and then, then twenty twenty was kind of even better, and then just. Oof. And then Daniel came to the team, and I was all happy. Like, oh my god, Daniel and Lando are gonna be the best pairing all the time. I can still hear myself saying it, and then. It all went downhill. But, like, it, it's the same with when William still had George and uh, Nicholas. Like, they were at one point the most underrated duo. Like, I know they, they didn't score much, but it was the best pairing they had. Because, was it 2020 I think... or was it 2021? Like, Hungary with Rain. And where George really said, I'm giving up my race, go help Nikki. Was that 2021? Yes, that, I was about to mention that. That was 2021. Yeah. Uh, with um, Esteban's ring. Yes. It was that moment, that I, moment like you saw what they would be as a team. Teams. Like, even though they only had one year, yeah. I mean, George only had a couple months left with the team, yeah. as we now know. But that was just. You saw what Williams meant to George more than yes. his taking a couple points for himself meant to him. Yeah, and Nikki, um, like, I think it was Spa, the qualifying, where Nikki also said, I'm going to go focus on George. And they had this walk around it, and I'm like, that's how you need to be as a team. Like, if you see your teammate is doing better, then you can give them. Go help your teammate from the back and hold it up. Exactly what George did. Latifi was the right kind of pay driver. Yes. Yeah, for once, I agree because I don't like pay drivers. I'm sorry, Stroll. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Stroll as well. He did have that, like, junior series thing yeah. where he won every race, I think. Yeah. Um, and, and he's a talented guy, yes. you've got to admit. But I'm pretty sure at some point, if he was, his dad didn't buy the team and sponsor every team he's driven for for him. He would have backed out eventually. I'm I'm happy he had he's a talented guy. Yeah of course. Like I will never say that Stroll isn't talented. I won't ever say that because 
Like, I'm the type of person, every year I get, gave every driver, except for Macepin, a chance. Macepin was on a different yeah. breed, and I didn't want to give him a chance. Like, I was over it before he even joined. Um, yeah, completely. Yeah, exactly. I was over it when I, when I found out he punched a guy. Yeah. Um, for yeah. blocking him in a practice session. I yeah. was over it then, and that yeah. was before it even reached Formula Two, Formula Three. I mean, before exactly. it even reached them. I feel you. And um, it's the same, the same with Twitter and having an opinion. And I'm sorry if one of my Twitter mates here said, but I get it. You all have an opinion on Sargent because his dad gives money to Trump, but give the man a chance. Like he proved himself this weekend. P12 for a rookie is high. And yeah, benefits of the doubt. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm still not sold on the guy, but yeah, he's definitely talented. Like I I'm still on my 50/50 where I am like he did good, but I want to see more before I give my full up opinion about him. But it's the same with the fleece, like he isn't my favorite person on grid. Like <laughs> he might be down the list somewhere at the bottom, but he did well. Like he he drove a good race. Yeah, AlphaTauri were weird. I thought they were going to be so much worse than they ended up turning out to be. Yeah, like Yuki getting eleventh was pretty impressive. I mean. Um, Nick was kind of hung out for dry though, with him not being pissed under the virtual safety car. That was a bit, a bit questionable by the team. It wasn't but, the smart um, part, but hey, you know. Yeah. I'm really impressed with Yuki though. Yeah. He's getting better and better. Yuki is like, um, A worse team would have, would have dropped him, but I'm yeah. glad they didn't because he's just an exciting guy to watch race. Yuki he was in the Formula 2 as well. Nuki just needed a year to get in. Maybe two years. But now he's here and you can see um, the way he drives. He's here to stay. And he's showing all of us that. In the first yeah, place. Yeah, definitely. Because I, I swear I didn't hear an interview from him the entire weekend. Yeah. But he was, he was there. He got 11. Which obviously isn't points or isn't no. he almost upper points. points. But it's he almost got there. He was he's stepping it up and yeah. the car looks rubbish to be honest. But I just wanted to mention my favourite bit of the race. Tell me. That Alonso overtake on Hamilton at ten yes. ten. That was just such an overtake where incredible. I was like, How in the world? How are they doing? It this? was just I was glad. It makes you glad that Alonso's up there. It makes you glad yes. that Aston Martin are up there so that he can he can do those kind of overtakes for those kind of positions yes. because it's it's always more exciting when you're competing for podiums and things like that. I fully agree on this, and that's that's the fun part of uh, out of it. Like we haven't seen an Alonso podium in a year, maybe two. And every time the man no, it was he, yeah, he got he, one recently, didn't he? Yeah, that was um, Qatar, twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, oh, 2021. Yes. It sounds way back than it actually is. 
it's exciting though. I'm exciting seeing him race yes. because he's got one of my favourite overtakes of all time against Schumacher and the 2005 Japanese Grand Prix, which yes. is a banging race that everyone needs to watch. Um, to be honest, I can't even remember what happened, but I remember absolutely loving that race in a way that others haven't captured me like that. And, but I remember his overtake on Schumacher and it was incredible and I'm so glad Alonso's back and he's back properly, like he's there. Yes, he shows he he is showing us why he came back this year. And you can just see it in all he's doing and what he does, he does it well. Like last year his car was of course a bit of a shit car. Let's just call it like that. <laughs> but now he has a car which he can work with. And you can see that he can work with it. Because, yeah. He just shows. Now let's just hope it doesn't blow up on him every oh, other race. Let's hope. Um, no. It's not. Uh, we also have, of course, the Haas who isn't looking as good as everybody wants them to be. It's the curse of Mick. Yeah, you, you know. can't get rid of a sweet guy like that and, and not have F effects. You see it with McLaren, you see it with Haas, there's definitely a curse. I call it karma. You get rid of Mick like that, your car's gonna turn like shit. So, karma, karma. Mercedes, be warned. If you ever drop him, your car is going down. Just saying. <laughs> you can't drop him at any point. Because, um, yeah, R- R- Russell is already shifting his focus. Like, yeah, he's, he's saying that they're, yeah. that they're not going to try and win this season. That they're just going to completely abandon this no side pods concept. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. Because... When I heard George say it, and say that Red Bull might win every race, I went like, how in the world is George saying that while driving that Mercedes? And then I understand, because that Mercedes, trash can. Like, yeah, you need a, a um, Italy 2020 or Hungary. 2021 kind of situation for yes. them to lose a race this season, I think. Yeah, I think so too. To be fair. And then, of course, we have the most wonderful news that Sushi, 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 yeah. <laughs> this is going great with my talking, you know. That Mrs. Wolf is joining that one academy. As a. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a Susie Wolf stan. I. I I love Susie Wolf before I love myself. She is such <laughs> an incredible person. Just especially like her racing is one aspect, like her yes. really cool junior series career. But yeah. what cemented her incredibleness to me was her and Venturi in Formula E. Like that team was kind of rubbish, you've got to admit. Yes. And two years in a row they were fighting for the championship. Wait, did they win the team's championship in the first year? I think they did. I've forgotten. Let me just double check. Um, I don't know anymore. Because I want to get this right. Um, but her and Venturi were an incredible pairing. 
and she was only there for three years I think um and she just turned them around in that really short time and now they're obviously Porsche and they're still doing pretty well and not only did she instill like her winning spirit and her experience in them but also just like incredible values as a team yeah. that they run the rainbow on the flag even now as Porsche because it's such an integral part of the team um and she's just such an incredible person I think she's the perfect person for the job um yeah. because W series is kind of an entity on its own it's just it's just the idea that you young girls if we're going to get girls well more girls into formula four and formula three and eventually up to formula one you need that representation and the only way to get it is to try and get as many women in racing as quickly as possible so these young girls can see them and w series is perfect for that it's also perfect for a jumping point for people yeah. like abby pulling jamie chadwick um uh Sudokova, uh juju noda like the young guns um, yes. And obviously Jamie did her first Indy Next race this weekend and she got 13th, so that's Ooh. pretty good for good. her first race um, in the other side of the world. Yeah. But, um, but F1 Academy is something different. It's on par with the kind of Formula 4 um, level. And while I have my criticism... <laughs> criticisms of it at the moment because they're hiring people that really shouldn't be in the sport yeah not be in the sport be in formula one academy they're hiring older people and people that are more suited for either formula three or formula two like abby pulling and there's a touring car driver that they've hired they really need to be getting the younger people like um jesse hawking no yes. not that's jessica hawkins yes not her i've forgotten her name but there's a couple of them that i've think are perfect because they're like doing gb4 the the kind of formula five in air quotes kind of championship that um is here in the uk and some other people that are currently competing formula four and it's the perfect place for them and i'd like to see some girls being pulled out of karting similar to the girls on track team that the fia has that yeah. brought my wound and dorian pin to success and i think susie wolf understands motorsport as a woman from both sides so yeah. she can see what is needed for, to make something su successful as she did with Venture and she can do that with Formula 1 Academy but she also knows the experience as a driver and I think she'll re really be able to um, connect and ensure that these young girls are set up for success in the best way possible because she'll be able to see what went what went wrong in her own career yeah. Um, and how she was supported and trying to provide that. So that is my Susie Wolf rant. I am incredibly passionate about this, as you might be able to hear. Um, it's fine with me. <laughs> because I, I really am passionate about these things. Like, FYA Girls on Track, I'm an absolute sucker for it. I love seeing those girls yeah. um, use that experience to find success, especially Dorian Pin, who didn't even win her year's competition. It went to my mood but has gone on to be an LMP2 driver with Prema, and yeah. that's going to be very exciting. Um, so I will be definitely be ranting about this more, and about Dorian Pin because she's probably my favourite racing driver after Sebastian Vettel, and she's not even in Formula 1, so I think that's a pretty good achievement of her. Yeah. It takes a lot to win my heart. Yeah, exactly. But, and then there's me, who 
is more interested in the F3, F2, because Korea. And I yeah. will defend the guy with all my life. He <laughs> did so amazing for his first season back in F2, like F3, he did, he did great there. Like, he got a podium in Sanford. <laughs> of course, in my hometown. Like, well, my hometown. Oh. Like, the hometown, like, four hours with the train. But it was in my country. <laughs> and he did amazing. This weekend again, he showed the talent he has. And Definitely. Especially in the feature race, I think. Yes. Yeah, because I was like, okay, he's not going to get in the top 10. And he won't get it because I saw him fall back again and again and again. And I was like, okay, shit. But he did amazing. Yeah, I, he kept like a cool head and yeah, he got there. Like when... Oh, it was when... Like it was on the, the last lap or the second to last yes. lap where like there was a whole chaos in front of him with... Yeah. Um, was it, no, not Behrman, that's Formula 3. I can't remember who it was. And he, like, drove straight through. Yeah, and the chaos with the score spinning. Like, my hopes were down. But Pochier did amazing, of course. Can't forget oh, about him. I was watching, I was watching that qualifying. Just like, oh my goodness. And then he would reset another purple sector that was like a second quicker than anyone else or quicker than himself. And I was going, oh my goodness. And he just kept going yeah. and kept getting those fastest laps. I'm and I was, expecting this, I was expecting this year to be a complete write-off for him, to be honest. Like, yeah. Schwartzman, after his like brilliant rookie season, didn't do great the next year. Yeah. I was just thinking he really shouldn't have done Formula 2 again. He should, He should have done something else, like um, Albon did Formula Two. Uh, I mean DTM, and but no, he's proven me wrong. Yeah, I should never doubt him. <laughs> we don't doubt Theo, <laughs> but I get Daisy Fu because Philip also was this great. Like in his NP, he did amazing last year, and now there's Theo with his car. I can't remember the. Or he's driving for within seconds. So he's driving for ART. ART, yeah. Yeah, I knew that. I didn't lean, I definitely didn't forget it. <laughs> but yeah, he showed that that R R Jesus. That I R T ART. ART like art. Yeah, I know. <laughs> My English is like leaving the town again. <laughs> I honestly don't know how you do this in a second language. Like, if I try to do this in French, as <laughs> owner of a, of a five in GCSE French, yeah. um, I would be <laughs> atrocious. Yeah, I try. Um, it's a try. Yeah, the same Maloney also, by the way. He is from F3, right? He's, that was, you know, he's in F2 this year. He yeah. was in F3 last year. And yeah. he did the incredible drive Double podium. from 16th or 18th to the second. And oh my, oh my goodness, just it's so cool when you see people really just 
use their talent and make do something incredible and yes. i think that was a, a time like that and then we have the artist shoot situation yeah those he did a well charles did a really interesting interview where he said that he was really happy for arthur being in formula two and he was really looking forward to arthur having success but he said he would never want to be teammates with his brother and i was thinking isn't Arthur in the Ferrari Driver Academy? Yes, he is. And if Charles is planning on being in Ferrari for well, the rest of his career or substantial amount of his career, then then what's going to happen to Arthur? It was a really revealing and Man, interview. Yeah, Man's like, going to be at Haas for the rest of his life until Charles decides to quit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the poor man. Yeah. I thought it was just an interesting thing to keep an eye on because if Arthur does well this year, um, whether they'll put him in a Haas or I'm not sure whether they still have the agreement with Alpha about the rookies, but I think that would be an interesting team to see yeah. develop over the next few years. Yeah, this is gonna be a a whole nother level of is Charles gonna stomp his feet on Ferrari if Arthur say, if if they say Arthur is gonna be the third driver, like the reserve driver, like. Is Charles yeah. gonna stump his feet? Because if Charles is gonna do that, then yeah, it's gonna be fun. I would love to be. I really a fly hope on it, the wall. it doesn't get too bad. Same. Because, because the three Leclerc brothers, um, Lafreres, as some mates might some mates might say, um, they're so they seem such a close trio, and I really hope that there aren't any long. Um, ongoing spats between them about Formula One seats. That would just be like on the Sunday evening dinner table at the, at his mom's home, and then there are two of just them like... just having this crack uh, donkey moment with each other because they get mad at each other. <laughs> yeah, just like, like knife and fork digging into yes. the table, stare off kind of situation. You know exactly what scene I'm talking about. That's Shrek that I'm just seeing in front of me. Like it's the where um the king got mad that um Shrek was an ogre and that um he just stabbed the the chicken or turkey or whatever it was or it was a pig. I don't even remember. But it's just giving me death vibes and that's gonna escalate and I just hope it won't. For the sake of Charles and the sake of the brothers. Because then you have a whole family drama surrounding your career. And then it's the question. Do you want to keep living with that drama? Or are you saying, okay, I'm going to back out and fuck you all? Yeah. Because that's just... I mean, it's not one that will develop quickly. It'll probably be two or three years until um, okay. anything comes to fruition. But it'll be interesting to see. And there was Formula 3 this weekend yes. as well. Yes. That was a, a thing. To be honest, I'm a bit behind on Formula 3. But I know there are so many talented people yeah. in the series. Like I know um, Luke Browning had a... Yes. Is it Luke Browning or Oliver? I feel like there's... Luke. Luke, yeah. Um, I think I'm thinking of Oliver Solberg. Who was race of champions and rally today? Luke Browning, who um, he had an incredible drive in the feature race, I think. And yeah, he did. A, he did good for the placing where he was. He did good. 
he did very well. Um, I think it's going to be a good season. I think it's going to be a good season for all motorsport, apart from maybe Formula One. But it's going to be entertaining. Um, there was an interesting situation as well I read about with the Alpine Drivers Academy. Yeah. That Amory Cordial was expected to be um, to take a Alpine Driver Academy seat, and but then he got taken to the court for speeding too much, and his yes. license got rescinded for yeah. six months. And I'm fairly sure that they had to hastily remove him from all of their Alpine Dr- Drivers Academy promotional stuff before the car launch. Yeah. And they quite swiftly hired Sophia Fleur. She'd already got her seat in Formula 3, yeah. which I'm not a fan of. I think she should have stayed in WEC. She was doing great there. I don't know why she's trying to reignite um, I think Formula 3 and Formula 2. She should have um, stayed there, but okay. But I'm, I'm all for Alpine trying to give women more opportunities in feeder series, like they're doing with the Race Her program by um, Alice Powell. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting with Sophia Flash. I don't think anything's going to come of it. I think she's just going to be a couple, like a year older and not any more successful. And I really think she's going to stay in work because she's looking so promising. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's going to be a Twitter beef if, soon with some drivers. Because oh, totally. It's going to happen one way or another. Yeah. Because she said in an interview for F3 like that she's much different on paddock than off paddock and I'm like yeah just say that to the world the world is gonna judge like thank you for being honest but hell it's gonna be yeah. a long season for F3 I would not wanna lie but I think it's going to be really interesting being yeah. who becomes champion because there's some amazing rookies yes. but there's some running drivers as well that will place pretty high up in the championship and it's going to be a really interesting thing of who wins who yeah. succeeds I, I, I'm curious who's going to su- succeed I'm not going to lie because will it be one of Alonso is juniors yeah his Beloved Spanish, <laughs> his, his beloved, beloved Spanish, Spanish drivers. <laughs> yeah, his adopted kids. <laughs> like yeah, me. I think there's been such a like after signs there was a sudden drought of Spanish people, and then there's a sudden yes. influx of them, and he's just like recording them all. Like you're doing amazing, Titi. <laughs> you're doing great. Yes. And now a moment for the IndyCar. Yeah, I because... didn't watch it because people were saying like, don't put it on just yet. A crash happened. It's a bad one. You're not gonna look. So I haven't seen any of it. Oh my! Until this morning. Just yeah, everyone needs to just go on YouTube or Twitter or whatever and watch some of the moments from that race. It was a race that didn't stop delivering drama and yeah. it didn't stop delivering like incredible racing as well, um, and also heartbreak because IndyCar can't not break people's hearts. Yeah. But um, the first thing I want to recognise before anything else is that there is a certain new rookie on the grid. And I think he's my favourite person ever, even above Susie Wolf, because his name is Stingray Rob. <laughs> yeah, and it's fucking hilarious. He's just great. The bit that makes it better 
is the Honours Wikipedia page under the section Personal Life. Um, it says that he's not called Stingray just because his parents like Stingrays. He's called Stingray for a totally normal reason, that he comes from Stirlingshire in Scotland, that I don't think I've ever heard any... Is it in Scotland? No, I'm not sure about that. But, um, How in the world is that? Um, I need to get there, just saying. <laughs> they shorten it to Sting, which I've never heard anyone call Stirlingshire, and oh. he's called Ray because of his grandfather, oh. and Rob is obviously his surname. But the best thing is just that he's Rob on the timing standings, obviously, because that's his surname. Yeah. And you just get barreled over every time they say Stingray Rob. <laughs> so I am now a Stingray Rob fan. Yes. And I look forward to seeing how Stingray Rob season develops. I and hope I will Stingray definitely be reading Rob up is on... going to have an amazing season, to be fair. Just for his name. Like, his name, I want to I... hear it when he's a champion. Because that's the name we're gonna remember yeah. for the rest of our lives. Definitely. Because and yeah. And then he just fit the name because like yeah. how Lightning McQueen was a, a um yeah I, I've forgotten the opening scene. What does he say? He is oh um, god. I've forgotten. Yeah, I I, I will remember it because I love Lightning McQueen, like. I'm trying to go through the speech in my head and I can't remember. Anyway. But then, Saturday was incredible. Not only because the rookies that the Europeans will be familiar with, like um, Armstrong, did pretty well, actually, for their first IndyCar race. But Grosjean got pole. Yeah. And it made me so happy. He had an adorable moment with his children. Um, All three of them were at the race. Yeah. It was funny because his wife kept handing the children and more kept coming. But um, it was very cute. Um, I know the speech. And it was a, it was a great lap. I know the speech. When he hypes you himself do? up, it goes faster than fast, quicker than quick. I am lightning. I am speed. Oh, lightning. Yes. I think I was thinking of of Muhammad Ali actually, like, <laughs> um, uh, float like a butterfly, sing like a bee. Anyway. Yes. Um, but imagine. But like a butterfly, sting like a stingray. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Yes. Um. Anyway, also with qualifying, qualifying was quite eventful actually. With um Kirkwood crashing out on the fast six, which I was quite disappointed out because as a rookie last year, I think he didn't show as much promise as people expected yeah. with um him being so successful in indie lights. Yeah. Um, but he got into the fast six and was doing well until he crashed but oh, it's all water under the bridge now a new weekend in texas yeah, soon. Exactly. um but then the race oh my they managed to do about well they managed to do a couple of corners before a car was flying and literally spinning in the air um thankfully everyone was okay remarkably yes. everyone was okay um and they had to do a red flag and do the start procedure again um, yeah i'm surprised that everybody was okay yeah, you 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 worry slightly when you see a crash like that. Yeah, but then a bit. Like it's. But then on the restart, Grosjean and Herta were flying away from the field. It was incredible the gap that they got. Um. But then there was yet another quite 
spectacular crash again yeah. um, with another airborne car and Jack Carvey, Jack Carvey was seemed quite winded and ended up having to go to hospital but thankfully he's all good yeah. and this is when I'd like to mention how much I love the AMR safety team yes. and for the people that are more familiar with European motorsport they might not know that an IndyCar while they have the marshals that we're familiar with they also have the AMR safety team which is a combination of um, medics and kind of um, supreme marshals if you could put it like that yeah. that um, if a car gets beached they pull them out and the cars can actually carry on in IndyCar or they can restart cars because they all have the same start mechanism yeah. and they're trained in extraction if they need to do that and there's medical professionals with them really quickly and it means that they become really efficient because yeah. they're going to every race and using the same equipment at every race to to clear up any crashes or incidents. And I think it's a thing that they should think about including in European motorsport because it's a really practical and effective way of trying to recover more quickly from from crashes. Yes, I agree. Like I um, agree with that one. Because, yeah. Yeah, we see we saw instance like um Silverstone with George getting to Joe because before anyone else did. Yeah. And I do want to say respect for George for doing that. <laughs> because yeah. hell, if George George was the first one that was worrying, like you could see it the way he was jumping out of his car. It wasn't because the car was broken. It was because he wanted to see if Joe was okay. And yeah, and Callum Eilat talks about George that when they were in, um, I think, British Formula 4, they had like this really intense rivalry, but then Callum had an awful crash and George got out straight away to check yeah. that Callum was okay, and they've been pretty close ever since. It's like George, George is obviously someone that cares really yeah. intensely. Like George is that one person that jumps out of his car, overall offers his own race to help other people like yeah love him he's a great guy yeah like i don't have any bad word for george like i have a lot for a few drivers but <laughs> i don't have <laughs> any for george like sometimes i do say that he's acting like a bitch and he should just shut the fuck up but <laughs> i also even said it about lando so you know Love-hate relationship. Um, yeah, the IndyCar race, the drama just didn't stop. Yeah. Because then there was a whole instant after the second um, caution with the merge line where if there's a caution out on track, the cars coming out of the pit lane often have to drop back a couple places because their entry out of the yeah. out of the pit lane is a lot shorter. And in a race instant, that doesn't really matter. But under caution, they... Yeah adjust things a bit. So Scott Dixon had to fall about four places I think. Um which is a bit of a tough luck on him. But um then the leader, Scott McLaughlin and Roman Grosjean McLaughlin took Grosjean out. Yeah. Just Grosjean was Grosjean was if McLaughlin's rear hadn't slid, that sounded really odd. Then Grosjean would have got out of that corner first and he would have gone on to win the race. Almost certainly and that was just such 
heartbreak for him because he's been he's been getting so many well not so many but he's been getting consistent second places towards the latter half of last year and it would have been great to start the season off with a win but alas Scott McLaughlin to be fair to Scott he was really apologetic about it and he was very genuinely sincere he said he was sorry and then I think forgive and forget and next race week there's another race so yeah um, I have to say I think Grosjean was a bit harsh yeah. um, in his interview but I think you're going to be harsh when you've just yeah. been taken out of first place um, but he didn't push him over in the weight room so that's good props to him um, props for that. Uh, uh, and then Patrick Ward the lovely guy yes. great driver he told Zach Brown to shut up for six weeks in the winter, so <laughs> respect to him. Um, he had a, I've gotten the word, but it's where there's a small explosion in the engine that cuts off the oxygen intake Aww. and the engine then sputters and he lo- lost loads of pace with about one or two laps to go. And it was just heartbreaking because he was on to win. Um, but instead it was Marcus Ericsson who got lucky I mean, he obviously put himself there to be in the yeah. position to take over from Pato. But yet again, he got lucky and got his first win since his Indy 500 win. Yeah. That, that was a, a lot from what I heard. A lot of things yeah. went down. In uh, the... Very, very, very many, very many things went down. And kind of my lot, the... Rookie that never quite made it in Formula One. He did an incredible run from P22 to P5 in a Hunkers Hollinger car. And yeah. that is not the kind of car that you're usually in to do that kind of drive. But he's great. I'm really looking forward to his next season, um, yeah. of this season. And um, especially as the Hunkers Hollinger have got a second car for the first time. And his teammate is. A 15-time Argentinian touring car champion. 15 times. It's incredible. Um, yeah. So I think it's it's going to be a slight, an exciting year in IndyCar. But I'm going to lay my bet now, and you can hold me accountable for this. <laughs> I think that Scott McLaughlin will end up champion. Hey, we have it on recording. So I'm going to save that. And just edit that video <laughs> and just copy it all over every social media we have with the podcast and, yeah. Uh, yeah you know I think it's going to be Scott McLaughlin yep. he's it's his wait which year is it? it's his third year now I think wait 2021 2022 yeah it's his yeah, third year incredible um Australian touring car no Australian V8 supercar champion multiple time I think yeah. I think he's got it. If he keeps his cool, I think he's got it. Yeah, most definitely. I think we got we are gonna hear a lot more about him than we did previous year. Yeah, he's had some success, he's had a few wins, but I think this is the year. And it will lead to some entertaining Bus Bros content. Yeah. With Joseph Newgarden. So if anyone wants some light entertainment look up bus bros on youtube it's two indycar drivers who have motorhomes together just kind of goofing around and having a bit of fun yeah 
and they're great guys and are thoroughly entertaining so I'd recommend watching that as maybe a gateway through um to IndyCar yeah, that's actually a good one. <laughs> yeah. So that is my recommendation <laughs> of the podcast. Yes. And we did amazing. Like, we are coming back. Of course, it was the first comeback of the year after Bahrain. But we are not leaving it ever again. Not for that long. <laughs> like... We're gonna make it. We're gonna make it this year. We are not gonna drown again. I can make that promise right now. And there will be more. Like, I'm gonna announce it here first before I ever even told all my friends. But I'm gonna be at Sanford, of course. I'm gonna be there again. <laughs> I'm just gonna be that one that always goes to Sanford with only a Friday ticket. Because why not? Because it, it was cheap. Thanks again, Yimbo, for the 50% off. Um. Yeah. And I will. Yep. Take you all with me. I'm gonna vlog. Will it be a good one? Probably not, because I will be all over the place. Last year, I met a bunch of drivers, including Armstrong. And did I meet? Yeah, I meet Armstrong. And I have. No, I didn't meet Callum. That's the only rookie I never met. Still sour about that one. But last year, I've met tons of people. I've met Charles Leclerc, I've met Carlos Sainz, Filip Drogovic, um, Clement Novelak. I have a picture with Seb, fun fact. Oh. <laughs> yeah, painful, I know. He didn't, he, he didn't look like at the camera because he was walking right behind me. So I just turned around and took a picture like really quickly. I feel bad for the drivers having like frantic cameras in their face all day. Yeah, I didn't even but ask him. Like I... he was just like standing there with his team, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna be this sneaky, and I have my picture, <laughs> and then he can retire." But yeah, it's like I've asked Charles Leclerc for a picture because um, Ferrari told us if we stayed on that part of the beach, and we would be quiet. Then they would let the drivers come towards us and take pictures with them. So we did exactly what Ferrari said and just stood there, frozen. And um, yeah, I've met Verschoor. I've met Verschoor. I've met uh, GM. I've met Logan. I've met a lot of people. Just seeing. <laughs> I'm waltzing through my Dutch GP map from this year. I've met a lot of people. I've spotted Max, but Max is like the kind of person that just sits with his back towards the crowd and then you find it out like five seconds after he left and then he laughs at you. <laughs> so there's going to be a handful oh, here. <laughs> Again. Even if we know already that the Formula 1 champion is going to be Max Verstappen. But every other, every other yeah. motorsport will be entertaining this year. Yes. Like, like I'm not giving up. Charles Leclerc will be world champion. I'm not giving up. Give it a few races and then I'll give up. But <laughs> I've already said to my mom, like, maybe Alonso is going to be world champion. And she went, like, 
nah, it's gonna be Max. And I was like, nah, it's gonna be Alonso. <laughs> so it's already the discussion point of uh, the house. And it's gonna be an amazing year. Even if Max is getting world champion by race 5 or something. Uh, race 18 then. <laughs> but, yeah. F2 is gonna be... You can hope for some exciting midfield stories. Yes. Let's just pray to the gods of McLaren. They will get better. Because this just isn't... And I will pray to the gods of Williams. <laughs> Williams, please become more better than you already are. Because... I need it. I need it. Um, yeah, I need 12 points. Oh no, 11 to go. Before uh, I officially sign my life away. So, yeah. We're gonna see how it ends. Up next is Saudi Arabia for F1 and F2, I believe. I'm not sure. Is F2 gonna drive Saudi uh. Arabia? I, I know F3 is only in Australia. Yeah. Um, F2, I don't remember. I th I think they might only be in Australia. But yeah, I think we'll so. talk about it next time. You can Google it. I am Googling it right now because I'm curious. <laughs> oh, you are Googling it. Yes, it's going to be Jeddah for F2. Great. Does that look forward to? Yes. And I think MotoGP is maybe the week after Saudi. So I am definitely looking forward to that. Yes. Fingers crossed, Mark Marquez and Ine Bastianini. I'm so looking forward to Ine Bastianini in the Ducati. Gonna but be my first year that watching was a... MotoGP. Um, first yeah. year. At some point in this, I have to do my exams. Yeah. But we're just going to ignore we're, those and focus on motorsport. Because flow, like, you know? School, we yeah. don't need it. We have MotoGP. <laughs> Like, um, I actually do need it. I just filled yeah, in like ten forms for a course I really want to take, so I need to get in. And that's gonna be the twenty-first of March, so that's that's gonna be fun. So, woo! And we've got other short-form content planned. Yes. On forgotten stories of Formula One. Which I think yes. will be fun. That's gonna That's be some of my favorite things to fun. talk about. Yeah, because we're gonna talk. I already watched um, the James Hunt and Nicky Lada movie for the second time this year, and I have my opinion on that movie. So that's gonna be a segment at one point. Um. <laughs> and I've got an entertaining one planned on how Jensen Button was almost never a bronze champion. But in a very indirect way, it's gonna be oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. So we have a lot of things coming up. So even in the off weeks, we will be there. I don't know which day it's gonna be because I still need to edit it and I have school this week, so it's gonna be fun. But I should say we will all see you at the next episode of How Many Gales Can We Get in a Week? <laughs> How much chaos can it be with Max Verstappen being the world champion again? <laughs> no. We will see you all for next time. And yeah. We shall see how it's going. So we'll see you all next week. Bye guys. Bye.